Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric. I'm your host, Adrian Robertson, and on this show, I drop you into real-life stories of wifehood, parenthood, and life as a Black woman. Every episode holds a mirror up to women's lives to find ways to avoid burnout. It's a mix of sarcasm, unending topics we can all relate to, and reassuring reminders that women can find their stride. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is episode 36, y'all. I can't believe it's 36 episodes. Let me stay focused, okay? Because I don't want this episode to be super long. I hope that your week and your weekend was marvelous, okay? I hope that it was restful. And if it wasn't, I hope that you make time to rest real soon, okay? All right. So today I want to talk about being triggered, okay? I'm triggered. Now what? Because all of us get triggered. We will get triggered at some point. If you haven't been triggered yet, just keep living. Just keep living. Something going to get to you, honey. Um, And it's all about what you do when that happens. We cannot control getting triggered. We cannot control what triggers us. Perhaps over time, as you work on it, you can become triggered less. It doesn't affect you as much. But, yeah, we can't control what triggers us. But what we can control is what we do about it, how we manage our response to being triggered. And so that's what this this episode is about. I want to share just a little bit of my own experience and some things that have helped me. And I hope that it helps you because in a seven-day period, honey, I am bound. I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I am bound to be triggered at least 10 times. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm bound to be triggered at least once. Okay, we're talking about real hardcore triggering. All right, so I've been learning about trauma and triggers because triggers are usually related to trauma. Um, And then if they aren't, if it's not related to capital T trauma, which is something very, um, that has put you in a physically unsafe space. If it's not that kind of big T trauma where it's life-threatening, then it may be little T trauma, which we you you may have learned about if you haven't, you know, go and do your research. Um, but little T trauma is more of that emotional trauma that um, ugh, things that affect you mentally and emotionally, but it may not be life-threatening. So as I've been learning more about this trauma and triggers and whatnot, the biggest thing that I've found, y'all, is that trigger lives in the body. I mean, trigger. <laughs> Ooh, where am I water at, y'all? I got to take a deep breath because I'm trying to rush and I'm doing too much. Um, trauma lives in the body. And because it lives in the body, when you are triggered, it triggers a physical response, okay? And that's a lot of times when you get triggered, you can usually feel it, right? It's You might feel extremely upset and you feel the temperature rising, right? You might feel scared or afraid. You might get anxiety and that can show up in, you know, fast heart rates or um, heavy breathing, foggy thinking, foggy brain um, that can show up in pacing or um, stress habits that you might have, tapping your leg or biting your nails. It shows up physically. And the reason for that is because the thing that you are triggered by or the trauma that's causing 
you to be triggered lives in the body. It's a memory. It's it's really is your body's muscle memory. So the last time something traumatic, no matter how big or how small, happened to you, your body had a response. And so the next time something similar happens, your body is going to have that response as a way of warning you of danger. This thing hurt you last time. And so to prevent you from getting hurt again, it will trigger a physical response that tells you, get out of there. And so if I could just bottle it all up into one little pretty package and put a boat on it, y'all, here's what I have found that I have to tell myself to navigate being triggered. You are safe, sis. Because all of those responses and the messages that your body is receiving all revolve around and all come down to safety. This is unsafe. This is dangerous. This is harmful. Whether it's physically harmful or emotionally harmful, this thing doesn't feel good to me. And so because of that, you got to get out of there. And so when your body is trying to communicate that to you, Yes, it shows up physically, faster heart rates, heavier breathing, shallow breathing, if you will, Um, crying, you feel the anger rising, you feel um, chills, okay, you could have goosebumps, you could be, like I said, tapping your leg, pacing, so many physical ways that this can show up. What you have to say to yourself, y'all, when I tell y'all this has helped me so much this week and I'm going I got a story to share about how is that you are safe you are safe when you're triggered you feel emotional right and you really might be struggling to place what it is that you need in that moment it feels very emotional it feels internal even though it's happening physically right guess what it is Okay, it's both of those. But the reason you're feeling this way is because your nervous system isn't being regulated. It's all over the place. Your nervous system, like I said, with that fast heart rate, with the breathing, your nervous system is saying, danger, 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 something's going on. So no matter how much mentally you might try to, you know, come in with you are safe everything's okay until you regulate the nervous system guys which is physical it's gonna be hard to receive the mental message so you want to start with the physical doesn't it sound crazy like this was mind-blowing to me as I as I learned about this you want to regulate your nervous system which is physical And that is going to help you receive and work through the mental. Have you ever, I'm going to throw this example out and I might've mentioned it on a previous episode. Let's take a five-year-old, okay? They hurt themselves playing, whatnot. They hurt themselves outside and they are frantic. They're crying. Their adrenaline is high. They have lost it, okay? Freaking out and they're crying. You can say to them anything in that moment. You can come to them and say, I have ice cream, (laughs) right? Because that's a stress response, right? Stress eating. You can say, I have ice cream. You can come to them and say, 
um, it's going to be okay. You can come to them and say, but did, did you know that tomorrow's your birthday? Did you realize tomorrow's your birthday? You could come to them and say anything, but until they calm down, until they relax, until they stop the, um, hyper response that they're having, the hyperventilating, okay, the crying, until all of that subsides and it gets to a place where it's manageable and they can hear you, it is going to be very hard to convey your message to them. So a lot of times with a five-year-old and a child, when they're in that space, all you do is console them, right? And you just let them know that they're safe. And how do you let them know that? Physically, you hug them, you grab them, you rock them, right? You swoop them up into your arms and you rock them and you just let them know it's okay. But you're letting them know how physically. You intend very much to get to the the mental part of it, right? You might even be saying it. You might be saying, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. But what they're receiving most in that moment is your physical response to what happened. And that is helping them. Sometimes just holding them close to feel your warmth, to feel your heartbeat, to feel your love, right? Your body, just that physical proximity of letting them know I'm here is enough to calm them down. And then once they're calm, then you can convey whatever message it is, right? whatever message it is. We have to do that to ourselves, guys. The things that work when we are young, when we are kids, we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. So when you're triggered, it's usually, if not always, your body is going to first have a physical response. And that's what's, that is how you being triggered, it's, you've been triggered, yes, emotionally, but it's, it's now showing up physically. Deal with the physical. So you're probably thinking like how, right? Yes. So we're now to the how. How? Because <laughs> I ain't swooping myself up and rocking myself. So what are we doing? I mean, you can. You can wrap the hug yourself and rock back and forth. That might very well work, okay? Um, here are some things that I've done. And this is the part where I've said I want to share what I do and how it helps me. Creating a safe space physically, Okay. If you're in a space where you can't even exhale, maybe you're around people where you're not comfortable being yourself. Maybe you're in public. Maybe you're at work and you don't have the space to let down, right? To just be, get to a place where you can. Even if you're at work, go into the bathroom, into a stall by yourself. That is now a safe space for you to do and be whatever it is that you need to be. Think about the lighting. If you're home, candles, especially scented candles that have scents you enjoy. Music, music is huge. Play some music that is calming for you. You could play sounds like rain or fire on YouTube or certain apps. Maybe it's your favorite podcast. Maybe it's a voice of someone you love. Maybe it's a voicemail of someone who passed and you listen to it all the time. Get that, get that uh, phone. And turn that that voicemail on and listen to that voice. Allow it to soothe you. And making sure, like I said, that you're around people that you trust. That's first things first. Create a safe space physically. Now, the second thing physically that you can do 
is movement, movement that brings you to the present. Because the biggest thing about getting triggered is, okay, your body remembered the trauma, right? And now it's triggering you that, hey, you know, danger, danger. It is based on something that happened to you when in the past, but that's not happening to you now. And so you have to communicate that to your body. What happened then is not happening now. Even if the situation looks similar, feels similar, letting yourself know in this very moment, but you are safe, sis, right here, right now, you are safe, okay? What happened then isn't happening now. And even if it attempted to happen again now, you are now in a safe space because you put yourself in a safe space, right? Letting yourself know that. And you can do that through movement. So stretching, huge. I like to stretch. Breathing, controlled breathing, okay? The inhale and the exhale. As far as you can go. Inhale as far as you can go. Hold it for a moment. Exhale as far as you can go. If you got to do that 10 times, you got to do that 10 times. And that's all right. Dancing, swaying, all of these things brings you to the present moment. It takes you out of that memory, out of the past, out of the trauma to right now and lets your body know, hey, you are safe. You are safe. Okay. All right. Now you've done those things physically. You want to think about what you saying to yourself. Are you saying, oh my gosh, that's messed up. I can't believe this happened. That is going to incite the anxiety. That is going to make the situation worse. Worse. You wouldn't say that to five-year-old you. So come back to, what would I say to five-year-old me in this moment? I would say, it's all right. It's okay. They didn't mean it. Even if you don't know that, they didn't mean it. It's okay. You are safe. Whatever that message is. And the second part of that, which I love, is what you allow yourself to say. And it probably sounds similar, like what I'm saying to myself and what I allow myself to say, because it's twofold. If you are feeling violated, if you are feeling like someone demeaned you or offended you, say that. They offended me. You would allow a five-year-old to share with you what happened if you said what happened and they said they stepped on my toe. You wouldn't say, don't say that. You wouldn't cut them off and not give them a chance. Let them say what happened. Process what happened. What are you feeling? And then once you've gotten that out and you've established what it is that happened or how you're feeling, then you can follow that up with the, it's okay though. That happened. That's messed up. That was wrong, but you're okay. You're safe. And once you recognize and believe that you are safe, you open your eyes, your mental eyes, your physical eyes, and see, I am safe. It is okay. Now you can process what what you're feeling and begin to give yourself what you need. And I've talked about that on previous episodes. I will link the episodes that are most specific to that. So I'm not going to get into, you know, how you give yourself what you need and ways that you can do that. I have episodes about that, but I wanted to, to come back to getting triggered because it happens so often. It's very easy to forget how to navigate that. And I've learned just over these past few months, y'all, the biggest thing is to let yourself know physically you are safe. 
And once you communicate that, that message to yourself physically and you physically feel safe, now you can power on those affirmations and those scriptures and those reassuring things that make you feel safe. I think that was the part for me that was missing. Yeah, I can come in with affirmations all day. But if I'm having a panic attack, is the affirmation going to help? Or do I need to work on my breathing? Do I need to take a walk? Okay, so I said I was going to share a story, y'all, about this week. And I'm going to share it in the segment, Why Didn't They Tell Us? Why Didn't They Tell Us is a fun segment where we basically make light of the topic we just discussed. It's a way to end on a light note, on a fun note, okay? Because some of the stuff I share, y'all, it gets deep over here. I love it. I, since I was young, I have always like gone deep with my topics and and with my friends, the conversations. It's like, I want to understand life, okay? (laughs) Um, But I, I definitely want to come back and, you know, Lighten the mood, okay? Let you know that you're safe and that it's okay and that you got this um, because that was a, a power-packed message. Just that that physical piece alone, I was like, wow, I've been approaching this all wrong. So I just want to share three things with you, a short story, and we out of there. All right, so first things first, triggers can be small, okay? You don't have to have big T, little T trauma to be triggered. You could be triggered by anything. And I don't want you to feel like your triggers are insignificant or shouldn't be triggers because then that prevents you from managing them in the best way. If you feel like I shouldn't be triggered, even though you're triggered, are you going to handle being triggered in the right way? Say triggered five times, Adrian, in a row. No. (laughs) Yes. So I just no matter how small it might feel, if you feel triggered and usually again, it shows up physically. If you and your, if, if in your body, you're like, all right, this is, this is bothering me. Maybe triggered is too heavy of a word. Okay. Society has put a lot of weight on the word trigger. Maybe it's bothering you. You can still handle it in the same way because likely your body is handling it in the same way. Your body might be struggling through the moment you are having or just had. And so don't feel like it has to be something huge or related to something huge or related to trauma. It could be small, but you are worth even the small things. When a a child gets a cut, they come to you and they're like, I got cut. They might not, I mean, they don't need stitches and go to the ER and all that, but they just want to hear that it's okay. They They want some empathy. They say, you know what? That looks like it hurt. I hate paper cuts especially when you wash your hands and forget that you got them, it sucks. As human beings, we crave that empathy, but we're so likely to not give it to ourselves. We feel like we have to get it elsewhere and externally, but guess what? You can be empathetic with yourself. You should be empathetic with yourself because that is going to help you to respond to yourself and acknowledge yourself in the best way. So that you actually move past it. Because if you constantly gaslight yourself and tell yourself it's not happening, it's not that bad, get over it, then you are, your existence and how you show up in the world and the peace that you feel will be stifled because you'll constantly be looking for that elsewhere. And what happens when you don't get it? 
then you're like, you feel like that's more evidence that you're not worthy of it, or that's more evidence that you're not loved. And that's not true. That love, that empathy, that compassion that you so eagerly want and desire from other people, you can give to yourself. You are capable of giving it to yourself and you can do it better than they can because you know you. If you don't, you're getting to know you and you can get to know you and begin to give yourself those things. If you give it to yourself and yourself say, it ain't good enough, then you can respond. And guess what? You can respond immediately. You don't have to wait for that other person to get it or to, for that other person to be around or be available or answer the phone or respond to your text. You can do it immediately. And that's the beauty of self-love, y'all. That's the beauty of self-worth. What you are craving externally, you already have. And you have you have an infinite amount of it. You have an immediate access to it. That's the beauty of it. I don't care if it's a paper cut. I'm going to give myself empathy and be like, oh, shoot, I got a paper cut. And paper cuts can happen emotionally. It could be just a small offense. It could be a small thing that someone said. I got to move on. I said we was keeping it light, didn't I? <laughs> Number two, uh, triggers are unique to you. They're personal. And that's why you can't be so quick to dismiss them, okay? Everybody is different. So what triggers you might not trigger someone else. Because it's based on your experience and your life, right? Remember that. And number three, we can't control. I said this at the beginning. We can't control when we've been triggered. But we are responsible for how we manage our triggers. That part, that's on us. We can control how we respond. So I'm going to have a little story with y'all real quick. This week was the first week that I had to go back into the office, but not every day, just two days out of the week. You would think that's not a big deal. You would think I would, my first thought would be, that's actually pretty decent. You know, I should be grateful. And these are the things I was telling myself, you know, gaslighting myself saying, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. You shouldn't feel no type of way. You should be grateful. You should be thankful. You are blessed. And y'all, all that's true. (laughs) but I still felt away and I kept trying to act like I didn't feel away about having to go into the office and yes there's nothing wrong with having to go into the office big picture okay but let me tell y'all the last time I was in the office was more than two years ago like most of us right from the pandemic and I for four years I've been working in a position for four years for about three of those years, I was very much a loner. I didn't really make work friends. I didn't really find people that I clicked with. And I don't believe in like forcing relationships. So when I realized, oh, you know, my people, they're not here. I accepted that. And so I became used to like, I come in, I do my work and I leave, you know, I have friends outside of work. And in that last year, we, my job hired three, it was more than three, way more um, women, way more black women. And I made friends with three black women and they are dynamic. They have become my best friends, like hands down, some of my best friends. Okay. And so that last year was very sweet. It was very, very sweet. Um, One of them, 
I ended up leaving that position. One of them passed while the pandemic was, you know, during the pandemic just last year. And so I have these memories of being in the office with the three of them, us having, you know, good times, me finding my tribe. Okay. That was a huge thing. And as humans, belonging is huge. So, you know, I'd finally found my tribe. I was in this position and then I lost one of my friends from that tribe. And that was extremely hard, extremely unexpected. You know, it was tragic. It wasn't something we saw coming. It was a car accident. Um, And so I often reflect on those memories, right? Those memories in the office. And that was the last time. And I remember our last day in the office and, you know, us coming to the realization that that was the last day, you know, it was like announcements going out. One of my friends, she was pregnant. And so she um, had just gotten approved for like working from home for the rest of her pregnancy. So we're like, oh, okay, you're not going to be here. We're going to miss you. And that was the thing. And right after that, they announced like everybody's going home. So we were like, oh, all of us. So I got a box, you know, to pack up the things in my, my, um, desk my cubicle area that I wanted to take home and they were laughing like how you know like we ain't gonna be back next week or and I didn't but I was like I still want to take some of my things home with me (laughs) and so they were laughing at me we took pictures from those pictures memes were made like it was just a very sweet memory and that's also one of the last memories I have of my friend that passed away and so when I, when the pandemic, you know, happened, I started to realize like I was overworked and became very comfortable and accustomed to working from home. So all these things, right? All these parts and pieces. And that was two ish years ago. And so now I'm going back into the office. It's a different job, different people, I don't, you know, I haven't made friends. I haven't really, I haven't met anyone. So I haven't even had a chance to do that. So even the people that I was used to working with before are no longer there. And I'm grieving my friend who I won't see in the office anymore. And just thinking about how the last time I was in the office space, she was there, you know? All these feelings came back, y'all. And I was like trying to tell myself it's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. And eventually I was like, you know what? I got to stop doing that. I cannot dismiss this, these feelings that I am having. And so as I, I started to, you know, read some content and listen to some content and that whole message of, you know, reminding yourself that you're safe came up again. And I was like, you are right. I feel my body is feeling like this isn't a safe space because of all these emotions that I'm feeling and these, this grief that I'm experiencing, I need to do the physical things. And when I did that, processing going into the office became manageable. It became tolerable. It became easier. I still had some of those feelings, yes. And I worked through them. I journaled. I prayed. Oh my goodness, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, y'all. Try Jesus. <laughs> Um, music, um, some of the podcasts that I listen to that have become my favorite, especially the meditation ones, I play those at home. So I played them in the office, even if I couldn't really listen because I was in a different environment or I was doing, you know, I was peopling, right? I still played it so I could hear it in the background and it soothed me. That's physical, y'all. 
that's physical. And when I did those things, it made it so much easier. And so, you know, of course, spirit, honey, Holy Spirit say, you know, you need this one you need to share, right? This is one you need to share. So I did have a different topic for today, but I was like, this one is going to have to bump up to the top because it helped me. And I just hope that it helps someone else. Um, Don't dismiss yourself. Don't gaslight yourself. I don't care how small it is. It isn't small to you. And I kept gaslighting myself like it's not that serious. It's not that serious. Serious. And I was staying stuck in that space because I was acting like I didn't feel the way I felt. And once I acknowledged it, accepted it, I could then move through navigating it and like facing it so that I could move past it and not continually be in this stuck space. You ever try to like not cry? You know how you feel that lump in your throat and it's like, Sis, that lump ain't going nowhere. You might as well cry now. If you feel it, cry. Let it out. Because as much as the effort you're going to have to exude to act like it's not there, it's going to be worse than the actual act of crying. Had I just let the emotions surface and acknowledged them and did the physical work, the breathing, the crying, whatever it was I felt I needed to do, whatever was happening in my body, then I could come you know, with all the the sayings, the affirmations, reminding myself I was safe. If I had done that on the front end of the week or whenever those feelings began to arise, I could have gotten to a peaceful, calmer place sooner. But acting like I wasn't feeling what I was feeling, y'all, you live and you learn. (laughs) You live and you learn. All right, I have rambled on enough. I hope that this helps you. I really hope that this helps you, y'all, because it helped me. And I just thank God, okay, for loving me, okay, (laughs) because he really helped me out this week and helped me through all of that. And um, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, (laughs) this is the benediction. Try Jesus, okay, because he will help you. He will show you you. You know, I pray that prayer all the time. And it's funny. I had this whole moment of like, you know, God was like, you always ask me to show you, you as though you want to see the ugly and the negative. But what if I want to show you the beauty? What if I want to show you how marvelous you are, how wonderful you are, the image you are created in my image. I'm not here to, to point out anything negative because guess what? My presence alone is going to cover that. It's going to get rid of that. It's going to wash it clean as snow. So I don't have to show you that. I can show you love and I can show you the beautiful parts of you and remind you that you are worth acknowledging. You are worth empathy from you. I have all the love in the world. Jesus is, Jesus is like, I got all the love in the world. But sis, if you don't love you, you can't even receive it. I can't even begin to impart the love that I have for you because you just you won't love yourself enough to even come around. You don't believe you're worthy of it. I need you to have faith that you're worthy of the love, sis. Let me stop preaching. <laughs> I hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode. I have, and I'm praying that someone, um, someone's life has changed, honey. I hope that you just try it. Just try it this week. And uh, yeah, I hope that you show up right back here next time on Relatable Rhetoric. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll check out other episodes 
And more importantly, find your stride, sis.